The faint crackle and pop of melting ice drifts through the speakers. It hisses and sighs as age-old glaciers dissolve into the sea. These are the sounds that artist Jana Winderen has dedicated her career to recording and sharing with the world. Started to listening to um, to glaciers, and I realized that you know it's like a sort of massive, um, alive organism. Yana wades through frigid waters with hydrophones in hand, patiently waiting to capture the voices of creatures and environment. She transforms these disappearing sounds into haunting music. This week, we are going off the radar to explore the work of Jana Winderen and how she uses sound to convey the gravity of climate change. I'm meteorologist Emily Gracie, and you're listening to Off the Radar, a production of the National Weather Desk. On the show, we dig deep into topics about weather, climate, the ocean, space, and much more. Our goal is to help you better understand the weather and to love it as much as we do. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A study out of Alaska a few years back showed that melting glaciers emit surprisingly loud noises, comparable to the volume of under the sea during heavy rainstorms. And this is why, as glaciers thaw, pressurized ancient air bubbles escape into the water, creating a persistent year-round noise. This phenomenon, documented by underwater sensors at glacier sea junctions, resembles radiostatic or white noise. Contrary to prior belief, the noise isn't from bubbles rising or popping, but rather from bubbles reforming after being compressed for millennia. Jana Winderen is a Norwegian artist who unveils hidden audio environments. With backgrounds in mathematics, chemistry, and fish ecology, she focuses on sounds beyond human reach. Deep underwater, inside ice, or even inaudible frequencies. Jana's audio art includes site-specific installations and spatial concerts exhibited globally. Her work brings to light soundscapes concealed by the human ear immersing audiences in the secret songs of unseen worlds. Here's my conversation with Yana. And so I want to find out from you, 
how you got started doing this and if you've always been an artist. Yes, you know, I am have always been interested in how we are as, uh, you know, humans uh, together with um, the other creatures we share the planet with, you know, since I was a child and particularly interested in also what's happening underwater. And uh, I wanted to become a marine biologist. So I studied math, chemistry, uh, fish ecology, actually. And but I changed and uh, after about four years and started to study uh, art uh, and started recording sound back in 1992. I guess about 20 years ago, I started to listening to um, to glaciers and I realized that, you know, it's like a sort of massive um, alive organism. Because you know? first time I was up in uh, Iceland um, recording there with my two daughters at the time, they were quite small. And we walked up to this glacier Vatnajökull and I put my hydrophones like uh, close to the glacier and also the little small microphones inside the glacier itself. And it was this massive rumble sound that I heard. But I thought this like, what is this like some tractor? This is some trucks around here. You know, it sounded like that. And this is what I, but that, then I realized, no, it's the glacier itself that makes the sound, you know. So, uh, so this is when I really started to, you know, I got totally fascinated by uh, listening inside of the ice of the glaciers. Also, you know, around the same time I started recording uh, glaciers and ice, I also became aware of how much fish uh, are making sound too. Interesting. So you said you, as a kid, you spent a lot of time in the water does it sound different when you're recording it on your devices as opposed to like just a kid going underwater and hearing stuff when you're just underwater? Yes. You know, our ears are not very well adapted to listening underwater. Uh, we have developed, uh, you know, from our uh, really, really long time ago from underwater uh, creatures, which had, yeah. um, you know, water adapted uh, hearing. But then, you know, slowly it um, evolved into being able to listen above water when the creatures moved on to land. You needed to hear the predators. So our hearing is best adapted for listening in air. But I think we have kind of a bit forgotten that... Um, that all these creatures are making sounds because, you know, we are also making so much sounds as human beings that we are not hearing the small creatures, you know, because we are, uh, they get totally, uh, you know, masked by engine sounds and all other sounds that we put into the water. Um, but uh, if you are swimming, you can also, if you're lying still, you can start to hear the crackling sounds and divers will know uh, that they hear all this crackling, popping, you know, the sounds. But uh, of course, when you are diving, if you don't use a rebreather, you will make a lot of sound yourself by breathing. So it's not so easy to hear, uh, you know, over the bubbles that you make yourself. But if you're just holding the breath and, and listening, there is enormous sound escapes underwater, massive amount. So you said you've been to Iceland and, of course, Norway. Where else have you traveled to record? 
Yes, I've been traveling a lot, you know, the last, what, 30 years. China, I'm listening to and recording, uh, you know, grunts of fish there in uh, several times in Thailand, um, India, uh, a lot, of course, in the Barents Sea. I've been several times uh, north of Norway um, and over to the border to Russia, uh, Greenland, uh, several times the Caribbean. Uh, New York and outside of New York, I was not so long ago recording uh, around a humpback whale there, not you know, only one hour away from New York. I read that you've been to the North Pole, is that true? Yes, I have been to the North Pole. <laughs> What's it like at the North Pole? The North Pole is actually quite, uh, was quite noisy. And um, I was hoping to get this kind of drift of uh, snow, like the, the breeze, which was beautiful there. You have this massive, open, flat landscape of ice. And uh, But the fact was, it was just like really noisy there of people shouting and being so happy that they had reached the North Pole because I was there then coming in with a helicopter to pick up these people and they were just making a lot of noise. And also uh, close to the camp, I was at the Barneo um, uh, research camp. And of course, there were like um, a lot of generators there. And it was like, uh, you know, the helicopter sounds. So it, it was really hard to um, get the sounds. That's not as peaceful as I thought it was. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. I definitely uh, thought it was more isolated than that. <laughs> yeah, no. Even but it was, of course, it was a research camp, and um, you know, this is on the sea ice, and it's just it's drifting, and um, it's not kind of. It's only there for a few months a year when the ice is thick enough, and of course, we're seeing now. I don't know how long we it's going to be able to be there. You know, with the melting. Yeah, I was going to ask, if you've been doing this for more than 20 years, what have you witnessed in two decades? Because climate change is happening right now. So have you been back to the same places multiple times and seen the changes and heard the changes? There was 10 years between two times I was at um, in a research ship uh, in the Barents Sea. And of course, now, the last time uh, that I was there, the researchers on board were also saying they hadn't seen this low um, ice, I mean, uh, density of ice in the areas where it normally had more ice. Uh, so that was back in 2017, I think I was there uh, last. And um, and I had been there in, in, in 2007. So, of course, you can see these changes and and. Things are happening quite fast. But I will also say that I was listening to stories from my grandfather, you know, when I was a child, of which fish he was able to fish in the south coast of Norway. And, you know, he told me about species that you don't see there anymore. So I think, you know, when you start to talk about um, a talk with uh, older generations, that will also tell uh, uh, stories about what it was like and then you can really start to get a, a perspective of what's happening. Your recordings, what do you do with them? Where do they go after you record? I record, uh, you know, I kind of say that it starts, the uh, composition process starts already while I'm out recording. I, I record very, uh, I have to be very concentrated and I listen very carefully when I have my hydrophones in the water. 
So I use very sensitive hydrophones and I, I try to have them then at like different depths in the water and floated away from the boat I'm on so that it doesn't make too much uh, sound of the slapping of the boat itself so that I can really listen and concentrate listening to the small creatures. So uh, I, you know, record as much as possible there in uh, many, many, many files, of course, and uh, often many days uh, after each other. And then immediately I will be re-listening to everything and log it and uh, write notes and make little sketches and comments to myself in my little sketchbook. And then I start to work with the recordings uh, depending on where it will be you know if i am going to make a concert with many speakers or if i'm going to make an installation like for example the one i did in new york with like 90 we were like the speakers all through the park avenue tunnel and uh, you know this it will be different than you know an installation in in a gallery or you know next to the uh, see, I was at the rolling stadium not so long ago, also with another setup. So, of course, how I work with it in the studio depends also how where it's going to uh, be uh, uh, shown or uh, listened to. Do you have uh, like musical training or sound editing training, or is this something you just kind of learned as you went through the process yourself? I don't have training in composition or in uh, you know working with computers but this uh, I think kind of dove in on the deep end by I had to kind of just figuring it out as I went along and so I think it's just good to just dare diving in even if you don't know it very well. What are your goals when it comes to people listening to this? What do you hope they get out of it? Well I'm hoping that they can be inspired to ask questions and to, you know, raise awareness of the importance of, for example, then, you know, the sound uh, for fish, the sound for crustaceans, and that we are like um, considering this when we are moving in the ocean and, uh, you know, and that we are actually, they are depending on hearing each other. And I think... Once you become aware that, you know, a cod uh, need to hear its mate to choose which is the good guy to go for or not, you know, they need to listen to his uh, sound and they communicate together, you know, with sound. So, for example, and if there's like um, a massive engine like or a boat engine passing, you know, they won't be able to hear each other. So I'm hoping that, you know, through uh, making people aware, yeah, I just hope to inspire people, basically. I hope to kind of to be asking questions and maybe even start to listen themselves. Have you gotten any feedback from people, any stories that maybe surprised you or made you feel good? Yeah, I think, you know, somebody came up to me, it was at an opening and they said, you know, yeah, no, yeah, no, I really, you know, I heard it I listened you know when I was swimming because I, he had listened to my releases so he recognized the sounds uh, so it's yeah and many good things you know kids love it coming along listening putting the headphones on and like wow I just had this guy saying to me like 
so soothing listening to the water. I was like, wow. And like this sort of very gentle expression in the face, you know, being curious and aware of, wow, this is like a whole world, you know, you haven't thought about. With your science background, is there any way to use what you've done artistically and bring that back to the science community to help them learn? I think maybe because I have, um, you know, I have recorded so much or so many places over so many years. And my impression is that, it, you know, it can be useful uh, through my experience, you know, talking with scientists that are working on the same, you know, with the same issues. And we we can exchange knowledge, you know, uh, a lot and exchange experiences. In the U.S., our, when we think of climate change, a lot of times, especially in the southern U.S., we think of um, water, like rising water and elevated tides or extreme weather events. So I'm curious, in Norway, how is climate change affecting the people in Norway? Yeah, I think we're seeing very much more unstable, uh, like very fast shifts. So, you know, for example, signs of how the weather is and it doesn't sort of work anymore because it's just um, the the shifts are much uh, faster and stronger. There are more water around, so it's wetter in the area where I am now. It's the sort of inland just north of Oslo. It is much wetter than it used to be. I am really worried about this permafrost melting you know that this is such a massive thing in the north you know when you have really soil that has been frozen for thousands of years are now melting in your opinion and experience what does climate change sound like if an area that you're expecting to have sound like a lively you know coral area for example where there should be loads of sounds of you know fish crustaceans you know whales you no know, dolphins if these areas get quiet i that's very uh, scary so you know the um, to actually say what is the sound of climate change well you know that areas that should have lots of life get quiet that's uh, really uh, worrying to me you know and when we are losing species that we are not hearing anymore you know that's uh, worrying and with the deep sea mining there is soundscapes there that we haven't uh, heard yet or uh, you know things we don't know and they might be kind of quiet before we even knew it was there and it's, that's scary Mm, so the sound of climate change may be a lack of sound. Yes. You can listen to Yana's work by going to her website, yanawinderen.com. That's J-A-N-A-W-I-N-D-E-R-E-N.com. She also has an artist page on Spotify. Now, speaking of Spotify, make sure you follow Off the Radar on Spotify or on Apple so you get notified of our new podcast episodes every Tuesday. If you know someone that's interested in art, sound, or climate change, please share this episode with them. Thank you to Yana Winderin for joining me today and sharing her work with all of us. I'm meteorologist Emily Gracie. Make it a great day.